0: Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Who are you? It's a simple question, isn't it? But it's not as simple to answer. How we choose to answer that question may depend on who is asking it. At times, maybe just our name is sufficient. Other times, maybe we add our position our title if we're in a work setting. I've noticed at St. Mark's when people are introducing themselves to each other, they often add how long they've been part of the congregation. Three years, 10 years, 30 years. And what they're involved in, what ministries they identify with. When I hear this question, who are you, I immediately think of my relationships. I am a spouse, a parent, a daughter, a sister, a colleague, a pastor, a child of God. It is these relationships that best express my identity. In our gospel reading, these religious leaders approach approach John the Baptist with this very question, who are you? Now, this happens at the very beginning Of the story and so we're not sure of their motives in asking and interestingly John responds with who he is not I'm not the Messiah I'm not Elijah I'm not the prophet okay but that still leaves us wondering who are you I am the voice he says crying in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord. This was John's self understanding, his identity. He saw himself first and foremost as a witness, one who experienced God's salvation breaking into human history in the person of Jesus. He was a voice that called people to pay attention to that inbreaking, to prepare to receive the gift of salvation. John used his voice not only to announce the coming Messiah, but to help clear the path of the obstacles that get in the way of receiving him. In a clear, strong voice to a variety of audiences, John named those things that get in the way of relationship with God. Things like self-righteousness, self-deception, a lust for power and control, idolatry, hypocrisy. John named them all. Now, these are difficult words to hear and difficult truths to tell. It's easy to understand why John was not everyone's favorite party guest. As the story progresses, we hear this question change in tone. No longer is it, who are you? But who are you? Who are you to speak these words of judgment? Who are you to claim wisdom from God? Who are you to challenge traditions and systems that have been in place for generations? Who are you to raise your voice? Now, we know how things turned out for John. He was dismissed, imprisoned, silenced, by political leaders who were threatened by the truths he told. But his voice still cries out from these pages. He is our Advent herald, announcing to us that God's redemption is near. In just a week from today, on Christmas Eve, many of us will gather here or in other congregations, and with our candles glowing we will hear words from the first part of this gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth. These are familiar words, John's Christmas gospel, gorgeous and poetic. But as John the Baptist discovered, they are also dangerous words. Because here's the thing about the grace and truth of God. They are disruptive. When God's grace and truth get hold of us, they are not content to let us be. The grace of God soaks into us like a spring rain into all of those hard places in our hearts, those pockets of self-righteousness and bitterness, those wounds that haven't healed quite right, the grace of God gets in there, and if we are prepared to receive it, we can be healed. God's truth shines like a light, hopeful and bright, yet it also exposes things we may not want to see. The ways that we are complicit in sin, the ways we hang on to power and privilege at the expense of others. I may prefer my willful blindness because it leaves me comfortable and unchallenged. And yet here comes Christ, full of the grace and truth of God. Here comes Christ into our world, into our lives, into our hearts, bringing us God's salvation. God breaks in on us to accomplish what we could never accomplish on our own—healing. God does whatever it takes, humbling the mighty, exalting the lowly, clearing the path for us to receive this gift. The light of Christ may be uncomfortably bright at times, but it is in this light that we can see who God is—the source of all goodness and love. It is in this light of Christ that we see who we truly are—beloved children of God, redeemed, made for relationship with God and with each other. And it's in this light of Christ that we, like John, find our calling to witness to the inbreaking of God's salvation. Now that may sound like a lofty job description, something above our pay grade. But remember, a witness is just someone who has experienced something and tells about it. We have experienced the grace and truth of God in Jesus Christ. We all have stories to tell. This past week on Wednesday, I was gathered here right in this spot with 30 some preschoolers who were sitting on the floor with their teachers and i was telling them the christmas story jesus birth from luke's gospel i had given them these little characters that were in the story kind of like an old-fashioned flannel board but without the flannel or the board i told the part of the story about the emperor and the journey to bethlehem and about mary and joseph and the stable and the baby and they brought their characters up and we put them out And then I would ask them, is that the end of the story? And they'd say no, and they'd wave their shepherds. And so then we'd tell the part about the shepherds and the sheep, and they'd bring up their little shepherds and sheep. And I'd ask them, is that the end of the story? And they'd say no, and the people would wave their angels. And so I'd say, right, then the angel came, and then the multitude of heavenly host came, and they brought their angels up, And I asked them, is that the end of the story? And they kind of looked at each other because they were out of characters. And they nodded. And I said, you know, that's not actually the end of the story because Jesus still lives with us. And this little preschool boy shouted out, we are part of the story. And I thought, I could die right now and my life would have been worth it. He got it, that we are part of this ongoing story of God's salvation. And I kid you not, that little kid's name was Gabriel. (laughs) I kid you not. Our little Christmas herald, could it be more perfect? We are part of this ongoing story of God's salvation. May this simple truth surround you and fill you this season and every season as God comes into our life with this gift. Thanks be to God. Amen.